Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 65 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we continue with our study of the March the 1st to March the 7th Come Follow Me materials covering Doctrine and Covenants 20-22 and we're going to continue today with Section 22. So... Section 20, uh, sorry, section 20 we're going to continue with, um, it's kind of split into three main sections. Uh, it's kind of got the the events leading up to the restoration of the church, and then it has key doctrines or principles in the next section. In the following section, it has kind of the organisational aspects, the, um, the sacrament, and so on. Uh, so we're going to try and focus on you know a section a day uh which will then leave us with a couple of days to uh go through sections 21 and 22 which are fairly short so i think that'll work out quite well um so this morning or today uh we're looking at the um the accounts or the record of uh what was the lead up uh, to this church being organized uh, it talks about how Joseph Smith Jr. is called of God as well to be an apostle and to be the first elder of this church. Um, obviously, we don't have the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles yet, uh, but we do have this term coming in. And then um, and then obviously that term develops and changes over time. Um, obviously, Joseph wasn't technically an apostle, although you could argue that, um, you know, we look at the president of the church today to be an apostle or the, the chief apostle, as it were. Um, but we know that the organisation of the church has changed over time to fit the needs of the church. And again, understanding that the priesthood has been restored line upon line and that, you know, it is still developing today. We have more quorums of the 70 than we than we did before because the church is growing in size. Uh, and so that needs to adapt and change to the church's needs. And it's uh, understanding that the Lord is able to make these changes to his church so that it can fit the needs of the people. Um, so it begins with talking about how the Lord was and his grace was revealed to, to the prophet, that he was entangled in the vanities of the world and that he received a remission of his sins after repenting. And then an angel met with him um, and from that point forward gave him power on high from on high by the means which were before prepared to translate the book of mormon which contains a record of a fallen people and the forms of the gospel of jesus christ the gentiles and the jews also so from this description we understand that the book of mormon is a key part of this church being organized uh, president ezra taft benson said this quote the book of mormon is also the keystone of the doctrine of the resurrection as mentioned before, the Lord himself has stated that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that it does not mean it contains that does not mean it contains every teaching, every doctrine, every reveal ever, ever revealed. Rather, it means that in the Book of Mormon we will find the fullness of those doctrines required for for our salvation, and they are taught plainly and simply, so that even children can learn the ways of salvation and exaltation. The Book of Mormon offers so much that broadens our understandings of the doctrines of salvation. Without it, much of what is taught in other scriptures would not nearly be so plain and precious. Quote. 
the Book of Mormon is a really important part of the um, the restored gospel, um, and it is why it was so well protected, cared for, and uh, why it was able to be delivered. Moving forward, um, we learn about how the this inspiration can be given and confirmed to others by angels and by the word being declared. In verse 11 it says, proving to the world that the Holy Scriptures are true and that God does inspire men and call them to his holy work in this age and generation as well as in generations of old. This is a really important point uh, and something which was probably quite unique to um, to the Church of Christ at this time. When we think about how you know the Christian denominations of the day, one of their main concerns and worries about this, it was that um, God doesn't speak to man in this day and, and this generation um, that ended with the apostles and so on. But of course, you know the, the main blo- the, found, the founding block of this church is that um, there was a prophet that was called uh, and that he received the uh, the gospel. Um, so yeah, that's a really important part of it. Um, Bruce R. McConkie said this, quote, Joseph Smith also wrote by the spirit of prophecy and revelation that the Book of Mormon came forth to the world, that the Holy Scriptures are true and that God does inspire men and call them to this holy work in this age and generation. In the Book of Mormon is found the Lord's promise to all men that if they will read the record and ponder it in the heart, in their hearts, and then ask for the Father in, in the name of Christ, if it is true, asking with a sincere heart, with real intent, and having faith in Christ, he'll manifest the truth of it unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, close quote. And that's the important thing, is that we all know, we are taught often, that we can receive uh, a witness that the Book of Mormon is true, and that God does speak to man, and not just speak to man through one appointed servant on the earth, although he does do that for his church uh, in general, uh, but he does... Um, lead and guide individuals for their families. He does speak to them, and he is aware of their needs. And in verse 12 it says, thereby showing that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Uh, Jeffrey R. Holland, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, I make my own heartfelt declaration of God our eternal Father this morning, because some in the contemporary world suffer from a distressing misconception of him. Among these, there is a tendency to feel distant from the Father, even estranged from him, if they believe in him at all. And if they do believe, many moderns say that they might feel comfortable in the arms of Jesus, but they are uneasy contemplating the stern encounter of God. Through a misreading, and surely in some cases a mistranslation of the Bible, these see God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son as operating very differently. This, in fact, spite of the fact that in both the Old Testament and the New, the Son of God is one and the same, acting as he always does under the direction of the Father, who is himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. Close quote. I think this is a really interesting insight from our Elder Holland, because we often talk about the Saviour, about how loving he is, and how, you know, in his life we saw his, his mercy and the love that he gave to the people around him. And then when we look at the Old Testament, we say, oh, you know, the Old Testament God was a vengeful, spiteful God, and that's and on all these kind of things. What we often fail to remember, especially and even as members of the church, is that Jesus Christ was that same Old Testament God. <laughs> he was the great Jehovah. 
He is the great Jehovah. Uh, and we need to remember that he he was the same yesterday, today and forever. The way that um, the Lord acts in the Old Testament, um, as Elder Holland says, is probably for a misreading or a mistranslation. Um, that some words may not be as, as they were meant to be, or perhaps there is a an element of, you know, the record keeping that is more on the harsh side, or even there were things that happened where the Lord had to, to be clear in his commandments with his children. But we also have the New Testament, which shows that the Saviour is, is loving and he's merciful. And we read that that Jesus comes through in the Book of Mormon, and that is that is our Jesus, the Jesus that is of mercy and of love, as is the Father. Let's not forget this that or get this confused that the Father is this this strict, um, demanding obedience figure, and that the Saviour is that. We often call him a mediator, but we sometimes I think mis misunderstand that as him being the mediator between the Father and us, as in. And he is the mediator in a sense where it's through his power and through his atonement that we can come to our father in prayer and that we will be able to return to him. Yes, that is true. But he's not mediating the father's expectations and us. He is mediating the law and us. And I think that's important. Our father is not the law. He has to follow the law. He is perfect. And that is why. And so does our savior. But it's because of our savior that we can be made justified by the law. And we'll go into the open arms of our Saviour, as well as the open and inviting and loving arms of our Father in heaven as well. I'm so grateful to be able to uh, understand that a little bit more through this and to have the Book of Mormon to make this clearer. Uh, please do continue to follow the podcast. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, Church at Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can also email session at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again. <laughs>